You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can like us on Facebook. Please do that. And it is Friday. In just a few weeks now, we are going to have training, camp, football, real live practice. And then in about a month, a little less now that you're listening to this on a Friday, just under a month, in fact, we will have real preseason football, which is, in fact, not real NFL football. It's eh, fake football is probably the wrong phrase, but it's not. It's not actual NFL football. I mean, let's be honest. It's 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 a step above Summer League, which is going on right now in the NBA in Las Vegas, because actual starters and superstar players are actually going to play, though, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably won't in that first game. But it's not real football. But but training camp is going to be our first opportunity to to get some evaluations on some of these players. And we're actually going to spend today talking about some evaluations because there was a discussion in the Acme Packing Company Slack today. I got a note from a listener, actually an old friend and potentially a listener of this podcast, about a ranking that Bill Barnwell of ESPN did of skill position players. And we don't have to go too far into the description of what this ranking was, but essentially what what Bill wanted to do was take the best skill groups in the league and try and determine who had the best players irrespective of the quarterback, the offensive line, and the coordinators. So absent scheme, absent quarterback, and, and not taking into account offensive line. Now, of course, these are things that are, are pretty close to impossible to do. It is nearly impossible to extricate the effect that Kyle Shanahan, for example, has on an offense, or Bill Belichick, or even Mike McCarthy. And, and furthermore, it's even more difficult to take away the impact of a great quarterback because someone like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees is going to make receivers seem better. And those players are more valuable to their teams with those quarterbacks. And, and we're going to get into Jimmy Graham in a little bit, but but Jimmy Graham, as Tony Romo pointed out, is going to be better for Green Bay than he would be for most teams simply because he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So in some ways, and, and this is no shots at Bill, who is one of my favorite NFL writers, but in some ways, it's a futile exercise because, number one, it, it's nearly impossible to disambiguate receivers and running backs from the offensive line, the quarterbacks, and the systems that they play in. But number two, who cares? 
because the circumstances in which they play is essential to determining how effective they are for their teams. So so just like let's set that aside for a second. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about it is I have I have some pretty serious problems with this list. So Green Bay comes in 23rd. And the description essentially pays no more than lip service to the idea that Devontae Adams is the new number one receiver. No respect for the fact that he's a very, very, very good player. And not a single word dedicated to the Packers running backs. No real mention of the depth at tight end with Graham and Mercedes Lewis. And of course, there is Aaron Rodgers and the offensive line, both of which are among the best in the league. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, the actual best in the league. And I I think it's possible that what what Barnwell did was he, he basically docked Adams and some of these skill players because we've only seen them play with Aaron Rodgers and likewise docked someone like Randall Cobb for what they looked like with Brett Hundley last year, neither of which I think are fair. Now, let me preface this by saying I don't think the Packers have a top 10 skill group. If you look at the guys in the top 10, they all have top tier superstars. So the Chiefs, they've got, for my money, and certainly the most consistent, best mismatched tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey. They have the guy that I thought should have been the rookie of the year, Kareem Hunt, and then Tyreek Hill, plus they add Sammy Watkins. New York Giants, Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, Brandon Marshall is gone, but they they still have Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. We don't have to go through this list because I, I think he got this mostly right at the top. But you look at Green Bay at 23, and I can specifically point to a handful of teams in front of them that I think just shouldn't be in front of them. The Titans, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. And we're going to get to what I think about the Packers players in a second, but let me just talk about those teams specifically, okay? The Broncos don't have a running back worth talking about, especially after Jettison especially after they jettisoned C.J. Anderson in the offseason. They tried to trade Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, or at least vetted the idea of trading those players in the offseason. And let's be honest, over the last two or three years, Demarius Thomas is not the same player. Emmanuel Sanders has declined significantly. In fact, on a per-snap basis, per-route run, Emmanuel Sanders was one of the least effective receivers in the league last year. Their names are no longer able to carry them because they're just not the players that they used to be. And and at tight end, they got nothing. Okay, the Panthers have one skill player worth talking about, and that's Greg Olson. He's a tight end. He's the only functional player in that passing game. Devin Funches is fine. But the Packers might have the better rookie running back last year. I mean, between Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey, it's hard to say that that Aaron Jones wasn't the better player in the games that he started. Obviously, the health played a factor there. But Devontae Adams, of any of the groups that I just mentioned, Titans, Cardinals, Panthers, Raiders, Broncos, Devontae Adams would be the best skill player on any of those teams. 
Now, we don't know what the status is with David Johnson. If David Johnson is back in full form, obviously he's he is one of the best running backs in the league, a running passing threat. But he's coming off a serious leg injury, and Larry Fitzgerald turns 35. The rest of that skill group is garbage. The Titans have two good running backs, no great receivers that we know of right now. Taiwan Taylor was was pretty bad as a rookie. Rashard Matthews is a fine player. Delaney Walker is 34 in August. And we have no idea what Corey Davis is as a player. So if you expect Corey Davis to be, you know, who Devontae Adams was last year, that, okay, maybe you can think the Titans should be in the mix because they have Derrick Henry. They added Deion Lewis. But their receivers are nothing right now that we know of. Delaney Walker had a had a down season for him last year, was not as good as he had been in previous seasons. And so where are Barnwell had them in his top 15? Is the scheme going to get that much better for him? I mean, is that what we're doing? Are we expecting such a jump forward from I love Marcus Mariota. I love Corey Davis. I've been on the longtime listeners of this show know I have been been banging the Dion Lewis drum. I, th- I think the Packers need to use their players the way the Patriots deployed theirs, and that includes Dion Lewis. But he he's not a special player. He's a fine complementary piece that the Patriots maximized. Are the Titans going to maximize him? Ty Montgomery in 2016, when he was healthy, averaged more yards per catch than Deion Lewis did last season. And Deion Lewis's number one trait is that he is a very dangerous pass-catching back. I, I just, I, so I understand that that arguing five slots feels like quibbling. It feels like it might be splitting hairs. But to me, I mean, we haven't even talked about Graham and Lewis, haven't talked about Jamal Williams, haven't talked about Randall Cobb, who who actually the numbers say was underrated based on his season last year. I would say watching him, he certainly did not play up to his abilities, but Brett Hundley didn't help that. And we're going to get to that in a second. But it's clear to me that, that although Green Bay, as we stand right now, does not have an elite group of pass catchers. We aren't that far removed from after the 2016 season when everyone felt like, hey, this is a really this is a really good group now that now that Devontae Adams has taken the step and Jordy Nelson is back. Well, what we learned was Jordy Nelson, that was his last great season. On a per snap basis, per route run, Jordy Nelson was the least effective receiver in football for a player who played more than 50 snaps per pro football focus. The least, the worst on a per route run basis, least efficient. I don't care who's playing quarterback. That's really bad. Devontae Adams was not that bad. Randall Cobb was not that bad. The worst receiver who played at least half his team's passing snaps. The worst. And we expect him to, I know he was on pace to to catch a million touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. Talent-wise, Ability-wise, he's just not there anymore. And and to expect him to go to the Raiders, who were ahead of Green Bay on this list, for reasons that remain very unclear to me, 
I mean, Devontae Adams, right now, he had a better season than Amari Cooper, who was hurt. Amari Cooper, a wildly inconsistent player. So between Marshawn Lynch, Jared Cook, Jordy Nelson, and Amari Cooper, that's a better group than what Green Bay has at the skill position? Give me a break. That's a joke. I mean, if you want to give me flack for thinking that that Devontae Adams is a better bet this season than Amari Cooper, that's fine. I understand the pedigree of Cooper, but he's still very inconsistent. The hands are still not there. He's he, he was not even the best receiver on his team last year. And you could make the case he wasn't in 2016 either. And yet we have Devontae Adams, who last year proved his bona fides as a legitimate number one receiver with a bad quarterback. You want to blame the quarterback? Okay. Devontae Adams was really good, even in that situation. Let me just go through some of these numbers because I did a deep dive you can go acmepackingcompany.com. It may not be up when you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, but I wrote a piece for them about these numbers because the numbers are fascinating. So remember I said Devonta Adams was the best skill player of this group. So let's just look at receivers because David Johnson didn't play last year, and that's not really fair to him. He was 15th in DYAR, defense-adjusted yards above replacement. So compared to the average player, he was 15th in the league overall, the highest of any of the of the teams, the receivers on the teams that I just mentioned. That includes Larry Fitzgerald. That includes Devin Funches, Amari Cooper, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Corey Davis, Richard Matthews, whoever you want to pick. Devontae Adams was better. The best, at the very least, the best receiver right now in that group. And he was third in the league, third in the NFL in rating when targeted. So when Brett Hundley or Aaron Rodgers or whomever threw him a pass, he was the third most effective receiver in football. Didn't give up turnovers, scored, was efficient. I mean, that's what a rating takes into account all of those things. Was the ball intercepted when he was thrown to? No. Did you, did you create yards? Was there efficiency there? Did you score? All of those things are taken into account in rating. Third in the league. And speaking of DYAR, Randall Cobb had a DYAR, low-key, higher than Amari Cooper and J.J. Nelson, who was the Cardinals' second-best receiver last year. So Randall Cobb had a down season, and yet, the advanced metrics say he was better than Amari Cooper. Think about that. And and then you look at that passer rating when targeted. This is always, I mean, the Packers over the course of the last six years, eight years, the, in the Aaron Rodgers era have consistently had receivers at the top of this list every year, specifically because Aaron Rodgers has been the top rated thrower. When you have the top rated quarterback and you're the guy on the other end of those passes, chances are you're going to end up with a very good passer rating when targeted, except Aaron Rodgers didn't even play half the snaps at quarterback last year. Randall Cobb was 11th in rating when targeted because he caught everything. One of the best drop rates in football. Randall Cobb, just this is amazing. When I saw the stat, my jaw hit the floor. So rating when targeted. This is a measure of effectiveness and efficiency 
11th in the league. He was more effective when targeted than Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Antonio Brown. Now, part of the reason is because those guys got targeted a lot more. Those guys saw number one corners. They weren't playing in the slot as often. More interceptions went their way. And so all of those numbers are off just a little bit because of that. But the fact that over the course of the season, even with half his snaps coming from Brett Hundley, Randall Cobb was 11th in rating when targeted. That's pretty remarkable. He was better than probably I gave him credit for, or at least statistically, that is what the numbers show. And as I mentioned earlier, Jordy Nelson, on a per-route basis, the worst in the league, well, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't far behind, and Cobb was ahead of both of them. Now, Cobb was not great. He caught a lot of short passes, a lot of screens. But that is, by the way, that is taken into account in passer rating when targeted. If all you do is throw short passes, you're not going to have a great passer rating. Now, that protects against turnovers, but he still had to be efficient with the catches that he had. He had his least efficient season, Cobb did, but he was still effective. I feel like we could do a whole podcast on Jimmy Graham because the numbers, some of them are staggering and some of them are not great for him. DYAR, by the way, not a great stat for him last year. Bottom five starters by DYAR. Now, that was partially the way that the Seahawks used him. The year before, he was much more effective and much more efficient. I think one of the things that has to be remembered here, Jimmy Graham is still just 31. He won't be 32 until after Halloween. His blocking, he's taken a lot of grief for his blocking. Per pro football focus, Jimmy Graham last year had a better run blocking grade than Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, Greg Olson, Zach Ertz, and of course Richard Rodgers. A significant upgrade as a blocker over the guys that Green Bay had. A significant upgrade overall over the players that he had. And then you look at Mercedes Lewis. As I mentioned when the Packers signed him, the best run blocking grade in football by a mile. Number one with a bullet. You look at those two guys, you can make the case it's the best tight end duo in football. Matt Bowen wrote about it when the Packers made the signing. Tony Romo has been telling anyone who will listen that this is going to be a Jimmy Graham renaissance season. He caught 15 of his 24 red zone targets last year with 10 touchdowns for the Seahawks. He has been one of the most productive red zone players in football over the course of his career. And I understand, and 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 I made the case, like Green Bay doesn't need the help in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers is that good. This offense is that good. But the best skill a player can have is scoring. And so if you can score, that's the thing that matters above all else. Last season, out of 33 qualifying receivers with 15 or more red zone targets, okay? So players who were regularly targeted in the red zone. Jimmy Graham was fifth in success rate. Devontae Adams was seventh. 
two top 10 players in success rate in the red zone, and Mercedes Lewis on just 11 targets had five touchdowns. They combined for 22 as a trio, 22 red zone touchdowns last year. This team is going to be unstoppable in the red zone. And every, like, situational football is football now. And so if you're a team that when you go to the red zone, you score, and you score a lot, and you score well well above average, and you score a lot more than the other teams that you play, you're going to win. You're going to win a lot of games. Because if you score seven and they score three, even if your defense is bad, you're going to win games because you can outscore teams. Jimmy Graham also had the worst catch rate of his career last season, nearly 10 points below his 2016 average, and the worst per catch season, yards per catch of his career. He was used incorrectly from 20 to 20, and then inside the 20, he was a monster. He was still and can still be a very good player. Aaron Rodgers already loves him. He's already looking good in practice. I think we're going to see a different Jimmy Graham in Green Bay than we saw in Seattle. And all of this, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the running backs when we're talking about this conversation with these skill players. A lot was made of Dalvin Cook's early season. As Zach Cruz pointed out on Twitter, through the first four games, Aaron Jones was more efficient, more effective. 5.6 yards per carry versus 4.8, four touchdowns to two touchdowns. By DVOA, he was was third last year, Aaron Jones, would have been among qualifiers, and he was first in DYAR among non-qualifiers. Didn't get enough carries, but would have been third in the league in DVOA had he qualified, and was first in yards above replacement among non-qualifiers. He didn't play enough snaps. This was a team that was third in the league in rushing last year. The running backs are legitimately good. This run game is legitimately good. I understand the offensive line plays a role. But how do you watch the games last year and not see the talent of Aaron Jones? How do you not see the talent of Jamal Williams? And I understand that there were injury issues, but Ty Montgomery at times in 2016 carried this offense. He was their best mismatch player at times. And so if he can stay healthy and he can be utilized by this offense, he can be a very dangerous player. I, I just, I don't see the case that this team, they're, they're an average right now as we stand, based on what we know. I think they're right around average in terms of the talent of their skill players. We need to see what these rookies are and we need to see what Jimmy Graham has left in the tank. If Aaron Jones does what he did in the first four games, if he stayed healthy and did that over the course of the season, then suddenly you're looking at a top eight, top six group. Because with Graham, with Adams, with Jones, and then one of these rookies comes through and just looks decent, we have to have a different kind of conversation. As it stands right now, that's not the conversation we are having. All right. In two weeks, training camp starts. We will be going to a four show a week scheduled during training camp once the preseason game starts we'll see if we need to go to five we'll make that decision when we get there in the meantime go to the facebook page like us on facebook share the podcasts all the podcasts are on facebook so if you like it just go there and share it to your own feed let your friends your family your acquaintances your exes let them all see the podcasts that you like let them share in all of the Packers content that we create here. 
Remember to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. The podcast content, everything there at LockedOnPackers.com. We're getting to the point in the year where those projections, the roster projections are coming due. I sent mine in. I've got I've got content coming on that. So keep an eye out for that at AcmePacketCompany.com. There's a lot going on around the NFL. So Fansided.com, ProFootballWeekly.com, the big SB Nation heavy site NFL. You can't just follow the Packers. You need to have some idea of what's going around in the league. The reason I can't give it to you is there's too much Packers to talk about. I can't give you everything. Locked on NFL is there for that. If you want to talk NBA, Locked on NBA is there for that. But you can focus on the Packers content. That's what we do here. That's what I want to bring to you. I want you to be the smartest Packer fan on the block or at the bar or at your school or wherever you are. But in order to do that, you have to do one very simple thing. And you know what it is. You have to stay locked on Packers.